Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are tuning in to another episode of Cloud and Clear, Sada's Cloud Transformation Podcast. I am Michael Ames, Managing Director of Vertical Markets, and, and really excited to introduce our guests today. As I've said before on this podcast, sometimes we bring in Google influencers, sometimes we bring in some of Sada's thought leaders. My favorite episodes are when we bring in the thought leaders from our customers and partners, because these are, these are the reason that we're in business, is helping them to do amazing things with cloud technology. And I think you're gonna really enjoy learning and listening today from Richard Graves, co-founder and chief commercial officer at Sorcero. You're gonna learn all about what his company does, how it impacts um, health, how it impacts the experience of healthcare providers, how they're using artificial intelligence to make all of that better, and, uh, and lots more. Um, Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. I'm really excited to be here and, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're really glad to have you. Why don't you just start by giving us a, a brief overview of Sorcero? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sorcero was founded in 2018 and we're the leading medical analytics platform for life sciences. Uh, a lot of people don't know what that means, but at the end of the day, uh, what we do is uh, we have purpose-built AI solutions and products that really support some of the most important work in life sciences, which is getting uh, validated evidence, data, and insights uh, about how life sciences products are used to treat patients uh, and how to improve patient outcomes better. Part of my career was spent, uh, a lot of my career actually has spent, been spent in the life sciences industry. And I know that, that Sorcero's particular target customers are these things called medical affairs teams, which exist inside of companies like pharmaceutical companies and medical device companies. And there's a, there's a really unique relationship between what a medical affairs team does in a company like that and the doctors who are on the front line helping to serve and treat patients. I think to understand Sorcero's impact, we need to understand the impact of, of, of those medical affairs teams. Can you talk a little bit about that? So medical affairs teams, are, I think, are the, the unsung heroes of the life sciences industry. And, and really, the team that spends the most time on really trying to uh, transform patient outcomes and, and quality. Uh, life sciences is really broken into, into three teams. Uh, the R&D team, they invent new drugs. They're brilliant, but they're in the lab and in the clinic. And you got the sales team and they're out selling. Uh, medical affairs is different. They're medical practitioners themselves, uh, typically doctors, pharmacists. A lot of people are both doctors and PhDs in this space. And they work with leading researchers and physicians to both generate uh, new evidence on how treatments can be used better uh, and to meet the needs of doctors that are dealing with really complex conditions from their patients. And they're kind of the, the back-end team that answers questions, gets data, does the work, and really helps uh, basically innovation get adopted from this incredibly innovative life sciences sector to a, a pretty difficult and sometimes sluggish healthcare sector. Which is so important because... A lot of what a lot of what makes um, healthcare such an interesting and exciting space is the pace of innovation, right? The changes. Maybe it's just because I'm I, I work in this space and I've I've it's my filter bubble. But literally every day there's news about a new medical breakthrough, a new drug that's been FDA approved, something that's going to go on the market, a new discovery about something that's been out there in the market. 
And it is asking a lot of a doctor or healthcare provider to keep up with all of that and, and to know on Wednesday, the thing that happened the previous week that might change the way that they treat a patient today, these medical affairs teams are, are essential in helping to educate healthcare providers in um, how to best treat their patients given the, the pace of innovation and change. Is that right? Uh, that, that's right. And in fact, it's, it's actually just impossible. It's impossible now. Uh, what's happened is the we're, we're living in a golden age of innovation in life sciences. And, and part of it actually was this incredible marshaling of resources to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. But it was also just an incredible set of breakthroughs in CRISPR and mRNA and many other things, uh, immuno-oncology and more, that's driving a whole new generation of treatments. Doctors can't keep up. Uh, we, we recently won an award with our, our customers, AstraZeneca and uh, our partner, Anisio, um, because we, our AI application reads 4,000 oncology journal articles uh, a week uh, for their team. Um, you, you would need, I think, 1,500 doctors reading full time and doing nothing else just to curate through this data uh, and all of this content to find out what are all the new innovations and advances in the use of just their drugs, um, let alone how it interacts with all the other drugs they're prescribed with? So it, it it's at this time where AI is the most promising and important tool to actually mine this for insights and evidence, because otherwise doctors really, they can keep up with a couple things, but they're busy with patients and they, and they don't have a lot of time left over. Yeah. So um, first of all, congrats on the award. And, and I think that that number is, is significant, right? 4,000 4, publications that have to be read and, and, and digested. So maybe you could spend a little bit of, of more time on that. Help us understand then what is it specifically that, that Sorcero does to make a day in the life of a medical affairs team member um, better? We take in and unify data from across the entire, from really a vast scientific landscape. There, I think in our platform, we have over 100,000 sources of scientific publications, clinical trial data, um, all of the, the digital uh, data of all the things that are used to guide clinical practice, whether it's guidelines or uh, documents, even, even Wikipedia and, and stuff that people actually really do use as references in some places. Um, all of that stuff uh, has to be analyzed, as well as surveys from doctors, uh, meetings, field to field, um, inquiries, uh, what are called medical information inquiries, where doctors reach out and say, I have a patient with this condition. Um, do you have any new data or a clinical trial that I should know about for them? All of those things need to get compiled together. So we unify it. We enrich it with AI, which means we, we label over 78 million biomedical concepts in that content. And we use AI to generate both insights. You know, what's happening? You know, is there, is there an adverse event, uh, you know, a safety issue that's coming up? Is there a novel use or indication or is there a patient group that's actually seeing really terrific benefits from a medicine or a new new use of a drug, or maybe a, a new dosing strategy is really effective at treating people. All of that comes out of this platform. Um, and it gives them the ability to really find these things in, in 
minutes or days rather than weeks or months. It's typically manually taken almost nine months to analyze all this data uh, within a life sciences company. Uh, so, so your technology ultimately is combing through an incomprehensible amount of data and literature to help them find that little piece of knowledge needle in the haystack that is going to help to guide the, the healthcare provider in, in how to deliver care at the moment that it matters with that patient. That's absolutely right. And in fact, to move the field forward, one of the things we also do is find new new modalities, new new ways that people are using drugs. Like, And things can change very rapidly. Um, one of the most successful drugs, AstraZeneca, was approved for a rare disease, a very small group of patients. Doctors got together and found out that it was incredibly effective at treating heart disease and arthrosclerosis. Uh, and it became the second most prescribed drug in that space. Originally, it was, it was for a very specific rare disease called Fredrickson type 2B. That changed the course of lives of tens of millions of arthrosclerosis patients who had a new lease on life with, with that drug um, and, and, and really transformed care. But that happens all the time. Uh, when, when these drugs get to the real world, you find that uh, there's all this new evidence that comes off of it. Real world evidence, real world data, it's, it's, it's a huge driver of this innovation. Uh, and having these systems and, and AI that can understand it is, is, is enabling kind of new ways of, of finding things out and getting it to patients faster. And we believe that accelerating that journey is so important. Um, when the survival of patients is measured in 12 months, you don't have nine months to wait around to analyze the data. They need that faster than ever before. Right, right. You had uh, you you actually bore witness one day to one of those key moments in in a doctor's office that I think you know validates the whole thesis of what Rosero was trying to do. Do you want to tell us about that? You're absolutely right when you said that a lot of this data can be incomprehensible, and it's not just finding it; it's also just reading it. So scientific publications, which guide care, uh, a lot of them are written at like the 21st grade level, which means that you, you generally need a, a medical degree, a PhD, and maybe 10 years of experience to even read it and understand what the heck they're saying. Um, about 0.45% of the population uh, is able to read these scientific papers, even if you're highly educated. Um, this gave her real, Michael, I, I think we shared the story earlier was, um, so, so my mother was meeting her doctor and they were talking about treatment on some of the breakthrough, uh, medicines, uh, that for, for, um, metastatic breast cancer and just, you know, my mother's a professor, she has a PhD, she's published books and papers, but these these scientific publications and their mechanisms of action and immuno-oncology, it, it still is not comprehensible. And there was just this moment where the doctor was talking about, you know, targeted genetic therapies and mutations and all of these things. And, and, and my mother is like, what does that mean for me? It, it didn't make any sense. One of our services at Sorcerer was something called plain language summaries. We actually use AI to rewrite this literature to be understandable by patients. 84% of people can read them. And um, I ran it into the system, that paper, and, and was able to translate 
in real time. You know, when someone's talking about these, what they're really saying is that this is a highly effective drug for some for a specific type of cancer that you have that gets only uncovered with a certain genetic test. That this cancer drug is done with other drugs at the same time, which have side effects, but one of them is transient and doesn't last. And so instead of pulling a patient off that drug, you just monitor it. And then after a, a kind of a, a kind of a, a, a quick kind of burn-in period, if if it goes down, it can be incredibly effective and much more effective than other medicines to treat the same cancer. And suddenly they're like speaking the same language, they understand each other and, and they become full participants of the journey. And just, I wish everyone could have that opportunity when they're meeting with their doctor to really understand this cutting edge science and, and be able to engage. Because I got to say, patients all the time, I, I can't tell you how many stories where the eyes just glaze over and even if it's a life and death decision, you don't feel like you're a full participant. Yeah, you know, two things that I love about that is what you're describing is, is humanizing a, a, an important moment in healthcare. So much of technology seems to create things that are impossible to understand. And the thing that I love almost more than anything else is when we turn that on its head and we use technology to create moments that are more human than they otherwise would be bringing it down to a level where people can speak to each other in a language they can understand. And the technology under that is incredible. The other thing I wanna highlight is we're, we're recording this in August, 2023. What that means is we are still eight to 10 months into the generative AI, large language model revolution. Most people in the world and even most companies are only just now starting to think about things like using language models to reduce complicated words into simpler words or vice versa, or to create human, uh, you know, human experiences that otherwise would be more difficult. You guys are already doing this. Like you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, we, we were early pioneers in uh, large language models, which um, I, I have to give a lot of credit to our chief scientific officer, Walter Bender and, and co-founder of the company. He, he's really a, a, a one of the truly visionary figures in the history of technology in the last 50 years. And he co-founded something called the MIT Media Lab, which was really influential in the space. But he really invented and really ushered in the concept of personalized media, personalized content, which we now see all the time and is, is baked into things like Netflix recommendations, online advertising, and you know when Amazon gets suggests a product for you or, or a newscast. But the real hope of that technology was to really transform lives. And, and we really think the, the most interesting and important application of this personalized content and these LMs is actually what we could do for healthcare uh, and could do for patients. So we were, we were early innovators in the space. We've been working on it for five years. Our customers have been getting generative summaries for years. Um, and as the technology gets all this investment and keeps accelerating, we're really excited as we slot these models into our platform, all of the new things that we're able to unlock for our customers. It's really exciting time for us. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and again, you know, when I talked to the beginning about how these are the interviews that I love the best, it's being able to support organizations like you who are doing amazing things with this technology, right? It's, it's never enough. For some, for some people, it's enough just to have the tech. But I think, I think that there are some of us that are motivated by the impact that that can make in actual human lives. And so kudos um, to the great work and for being ahead on some of these things that I think most of the industry right now is just starting to get their heads around. I'm curious, um, so other than, you know, kind of the obvious position that, that, that Google has been 
a forerunner, a Z forerunner in the artificial intelligence space for a long time. What draws you to Google Cloud and how does how has the SADA partnership played into that? First of all, you know, we we are in our in our blood, we're an AI company, right? We work on really cutting edge technology and we've built a platform to make these models even more effective. And it's it's kind of baked across our platform. When we really looked at platforms, uh, cloud platforms uh, that were really designed to work with advanced AI, Google was a clear winner. Uh, the Google Cloud Platform has really been architected and designed to accelerate really advanced applications of AI because that's what Google's always kind of done, and that's been a real focus of theirs. So we use their Vertex AI framework. We use BigQuery. We use a lot of these core technologies that are really well designed for the kind of large-scale, unstructured data and LLM analytics that we do. SATA has been a great partner, and when we were looking to select a, someone, we were like, SATA just does this. This is they're the experts at this. And, and so we really turned to SATA to really help get us both on the Google Cloud, but also get us in the Google Marketplace. Um, and that was really exciting because for a lot of enterprises who have that relationship with Google, it's easier to just kind of access our, our platform easier through their cloud commitments that they've made, through the cloud uh, engagements that they've vetted, and knowing that it's coming from a trusted AI partner like Google, and that we're their partner for medical analytics and, and generative AI in this space. So it's been a great relationship on both sides. I appreciate that. It is certainly something that we're very deliberate, deliberate about at SADA. We have a lot of folks with a lot of skills and a lot of different kinds of technology and clouds. And certainly all of our largest customers have multi-cloud strategies and things, but we are 100% aligned to Google Cloud. And partly for that reason, we feel like uh, we love the AI technology and, and the, um, the approach that Google has taken toward getting our customers so much closer to being able to solve the problems that they need to solve. And we wanted to make it very clear that, uh, that we'd, be, we'd be in a position to, to help both from the technology side and from the sort of marketing and go-to-market in, uh, in the Google Cloud Marketplace side. So we appreciate that. And, and on that topic, a lot of folks who listen and watch this are, are within Google and within the, the broader cloud ecosystem. Um, so I'm gonna give you a chance to make a wish now, uh, you said when we were talking about this, I said, help me make sure that I'm pronouncing this correctly. And you said, Sorcero, think of source code and sorcery. I love that. That's so right. now I'm granting you a magic wand. Unfortunately, it's a hypothetical magic wand. But if you wave it, you can make a wish for a change, something new, something different, either in the, the cloud technology uh, space or in the cloud, like, services ecosystem space. Um, what would that what would that be and, and how would it help you like achieve the next big thing that you want to achieve? That's a big question. So uh, when we talk about source code and sorcery, it comes from the Arthur C. Clarke quote, which is, you know, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And I, I have to say, people that first work with generative AI, it absolutely feels like magic. Um, However, it, it starts to run into some challenges and um, whether it's regulatory compliance or whether it's, you know, AI hallucinations, you start to kind of have to tamp all these down. And, and I think Google's approach of being very measured and working with industry so that like something like life sciences, it's very, very cautious and appropriate in how they use AI because they are serving patients and they're highly regulated. Um, they, they need a partner that 
is working on that, whether that's in the EU and, you know, GDPR and stuff. But if I was going to say anything and do a magic wand of what I would want out of cloud, what I would really say is I would love it if that we could truly make all of these data sources seamless. We still spend so much time on ingesting, normalizing, and transforming data. And what a lot of people don't realize is only 15% of the data in the enterprise is structured. 85% of it is unstructured. And we spend a tremendous amount of effort with our platform of taking in all that unstructured data, whether that's literature or transcripts from a Congress presentation or, or something else. But I got to say, things like PDFs, uh, video, it's, it's, it is, those are profoundly difficult data sources to work with at scale. And I think that everyone has struggled with them. Um, we're actually great at the predictives and the analytics and the insights. Um, if we have the data, we can really tell our customers a tremendous amount. Pulling it out of those unstructured sources remains a challenge and then linking it with all of the other structured sources and all of the transformation, like I said, the normalization. I agree. This is uh, this is a universal challenge of almost every one of our customers. And, and that's what we do, and we're good at it. But um, I will say, um, if if we could get to the point where Jaranavay, I could seamlessly transform some of those data types into something that we could uh, do for insights, which we're getting close to, it's going to be a, a really transformative moment. Enormous amounts of data are going to be unlocked, and and the insights we can get from it. In, in healthcare and medicine are, we, we don't even know what could happen from that. Ah, it's exciting. Well, listen, we could, uh, we could talk about this all day. Um, I hope that we'll have another chance to come back in, check in on how things are going. Um, I want to make sure that folks know that they can learn more about Sorcero at your website, S-O-R-C-E-R-O.com. And, uh, and Richard, I want to I thank you for being here. Thank you, Michael. We've appreciated all the support of SEDA and um, we're, we're really excited about partnering up with SEDA, Google, and what we're able to do to transform patient outcomes and deliver cutting edge AI to the life sciences uh, industry. Great, and, and we're, we're here to support you on that whole journey. For, uh, for everyone who's been listening, Thank you. Make sure to um, like and subscribe to our show on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. Um, thanks again to Richard Graves for your time and your insights here and for the great work that your company is doing. And uh, we look forward to everybody joining us again in the near future for another episode of Cloud and Clear. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.